I, honestly, just for anyone who ever is hanging out with Lebanese people, you'll never have an entree. You will never eat. An no, 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 no. That's have... rude. That's actually rude. It's insulting. <laughs> We're going to bring out 16 plates. <laughs> it took me like six months because Rich would be like, what do you want? And I'd be like, oh, I think I'm going to have the, the you, fish. No, the fish. And you'd be like, that's cool. I'm going to get a few little things for the table. And the table would be covered. And then the fish would come and I would just be depressed. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Look down at your plate? <laughs> We're We're together. We're here to be together, <laughs> not to see you eat a fish. Anyway, if you ever want to eat 35 different things over the course of six hours, right. just hang with the Lebanese. All right, Paul. Rich. This is a fun podcast because it's mostly about me. No. For once. I'm glad we okay. can talk about you for Paul, once. just to sort of put a pin in Paul, the great writer. Ow. One of my favorite writers, mm-hmm. actually. And I don't say that because I want to make Paul feel good. He's a, an amazing writer. He, uh, If you want to sort of tune into what he's been doing lately, he's been doing some great stuff for Business Week, both in print and on the web. So just search Paul Ford Business Week. You don't have to go into incognito for this. It's true. Yeah. So enough about well, you. Well, I don't know what ads they have on the site. But it's not about me. No. Uh, it's about Postlight. But if we back out and go back in time, uh, there's an interesting thread. I am, for those that know, I am of Lebanese origin. I was not born in the United States. I was born in Lebanon. And in 1975, about 18 of us left Lebanon. We fled a civil war. The Civil War had just started to heat up in Lebanon. The story you told me is your grandfather just put you on the plane. Yeah. If you were young, there wasn't, you weren't getting recruited into an army. You were essentially getting pulled into a faction. So if you were a young male, they tried to get get you out of there. Now, I'm five at this time, so I'm not ready for joining, you know, ready to join a faction, but everybody's going. And when 18 people leave, uh, they don't take much with them. Mm-hmm. They're not taking the deed to the house, frankly. They're just leaving. And we took whatever we could and we ended up in New York City. We ended up at JFK and uh, so went straight to Brooklyn and eventually found ourselves in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, because there was an, uh, a Lebanese community supporting the Lebanese that were fleeing. Jimmy Carter was giving out green cards, uh, essentially providing asylum. Now, did your, for- grandfather stay- your grandfather stayed back? No, he came. He came too. Yes. I said the whole family got on a jet airplane. Correct. Came to JFK. That's right. And said, here we are. And said, here we are. And we don't know what to do next. And and my uncles were bagging groceries. They okay. didn't know where to start. So it's the immigrant story. Yeah. 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 And not going to go through my life story, mm-hmm. but as I grew up, uh, you had to kind of be scrappy, right? You had to kind of figure it out. There wasn't sort of the classic path. I never lived in a suburban home with like soccer practice and the like I had none of it and so i get to college i get to law school and you know for a while in law school i wasn't sure how i was going to get a loan considering i was not from here and all that stuff but eventually the stafford loans came through you're a citizen now too right i am a i am a u.s citizen now that's right so it makes you look at not just being lebanese which you know, I am. I live in the States. I consider myself an, an American. You grew, well, you grew up around a lot. There are Lebanese people everywhere growing up too. There are way more Lebanese outside of Lebanon than there are inside. Well, the and whole yes. country's the size of Connecticut. 
Correct. But also like you, Bay Ridge, you know, you could probably go days and not talk to somebody who wasn't Lebanese. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, your Lebanese identity, it tends to come out on the first conversation. That being Lebanese. It's, it's just part of your identity so much so that like you almost feel like you need to drop it out there just so people know where you're coming from. Correct. Because it is like being a Bay Ridge Lebanese dude coming out from, you know, when you were five, like that's just your story. Yeah. And it, it, it has been part of just kind of everything that's come since. Correct. And it's, it is true. Like in someone who's known you now for many years, spent an enormous amount of time with you without that framing, you don't make sense. Like your politics, your way of seeing the world, your understanding. That's right. Like I people can't right. tell if you're conservative or liberal or, or like, yeah, you know, I think that's right. Your identity is as a Lebanese immigrant who made it in America. Correct. And I think, look, the country of Lebanon is almost a mirage. It's not that old. It's weird. It got carved out because the French weren't in the mood. And so what you have, I, a better way to look at Lebanon is sort of this waypoint mm-hmm. where the worst possible compromise the worst possible compromise, but what you find in Lebanon and you find this making its way around the world is that these are people who don't open the history book. They're just figuring it out because they're in a pretty cool spot and they can trade. Well, cool in quotes. Like what What are the, what, what's bordering Lebanon right now? You got Syria, obviously. It's a rough scene. You got Israel on the south. Okay. So that's going good. <laughs> You've got Syria all around. Which is one of the worst conflicts that's happened in the last century. Correct. Correct. And Lebanon is sort of a weird animal, man. It's just this, also because it's carved out, the West and the US say, hey, don't touch it. Right. Right. So there's a bit of that, but it's 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 kind of a this bizarre, the Lebanese are far more interesting than the nation of Lebanon is the better way mm-hmm. to put it. And the Lebanese have this quality to them where you could parachute them just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. And they were scrappy. I'm going to go ahead and say we're kind of smart. But there's another aspect to it is we're pretty sure it's all going to unravel next month. Mm -hmm. And so we are willing to take risks because that's not even that risky. It's going to unravel next month. So we tend to lean in. We we value education a lot, actually. And this is out there. You can read. There's a Freakonomics podcast that that tries to figure out who the most successful expats are. And Lebanon dominates the conversation. It's really fascinating. Carlos Slim um out of this mexico is shakira 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 lovely woman <laughs> <laughs> i mean no uh, this is this is real the lebanese are everywhere and also as you get to know and lebanese, very successful as you get to know lebanese people they keep a running tally of all the most successful lebanese boy do people. they that's the first hour and a half of drinks um, um the founder you know, of kinkos live- by the way <laughs> so i don't want this to be too long-winded but i still have line a line to lebanon and we were having a conversation last year, middle of last year, about growth at Postlight. And we should point out to you, like the way Rich often articulates this is, I'm like an olive merchant. Yes. Like this is deep, like this is deep, almost like the third conversation. Like being yeah. Lebanese is part of the way you do business. It's part of the way you do business. You got to you gotta be scrappy and you got to be aggressive. All right. So, so uh, we're sitting down and we're like, well, how do we grow? And look, we're an unusual shop. Let's go, let's go to Post Life for a second. We hire engineers in New York City. Right. Not, I mean, yeah, you could be Google, but a shop of our size in New York City building a great engineering team you know, for the is first, not typical. I would say for the first 18 months, 
people would find that out and we're actually like, kind of- Are you of, crazy? Yeah. New York City and the US. Like we have a lot of people who work like, you know- And we're not a startup with, you know, millions in the bank for funding. We're not. Yeah. We were just figuring it out. No, no. But people, yeah, they just were like, well, you know, we're going to go with you for the, maybe for the product work and the design work, but then we're going to outsource everything else. They would come- Correct. And we're just like, they, they thought we were very weird. As time went on, people realized they could get- what I would refer to almost as like Bay Area quality engineering. And I say that not lightly. We've partnered with Bay Area, California. Yeah. Um, We're companies. on the higher end. I mean, yeah. that's real. And that's not just us patting ourselves no, on the back. No, we, we do the work. We do it well. And we're at a very high grade. And when people started to figure that out, yes, they were the conversation changed. They realized right. they weren't just getting like something they could throw over the wall. Correct. But we're getting sort of a, a real product company top to bottom. But yeah, we hit a point last year where we were like, we don't, we need more engineers. And, and worth noting, the decision that was made, which was to open a Postlight Lebanon office, wasn't binary. It doesn't mean we're not going to hire elsewhere. No, we've continued or, to. We've continued to. We've hired US people. But, you know, my perspective on it, which I kind of pitched to the team, was this is not just, there's no like sort of, factory farm of humans that you lease out just to put some code out in Lebanon. They just don't think that way. Um, and not to speak poorly of, you know, other countries that say, hey, I can give you someone for $3 an hour and isn't that cheap? Here's, here's what's tricky. They right? just don't think that way. So look, let me ask you a question. We were, we're sitting there and we know that there was demand for us to kind of like maybe create an outsource style team. Sure. And I think what I remember with the early conversations we had, and I, we should tell people about what we learned because we didn't know quite what we were getting into when we built this team. True. We had this assumption on day zero. We're like, this will be great. We'll get one or two senior leaders over there. And then we'll probably be able to backfill a little bit. We'll get some junior engineers and we'll go from there. And it'll be a little bit like outsourcing, probably pretty high quality. Rich will be over a couple times a year. And we'll be able to kind of do some of the long-term uh, development, back-end maintenance, iterative feature development work that we don't always do now because we're more expensive. Correct. So that was the plan. That was the plan. And it landed somewhere entirely different. Yes. We decided to do it, and we knew a couple of things. Uh, this is a place that cares deeply about the dynamics between people yeah. and the craft around the work. We knew we couldn't just parachute a team of Lebanese engineers no. into Postlight. We'd have a revolt. Yeah, and we wanted the existing team to really be the the people that wave them in. Mm -hmm. um, and so we put this out there, and then we stepped back. Right. And we kind of let Postlight expand on its own you know you water the thing you kind of make sure it gets sunlight and, you know all but, we really did was say here's a large set of resumes from lebanon i mean essentially we collected resumes yes. and then we had our engineering team vet do the same code tests etc yeah do you know what happens when you do that we could have never said hey we're going to build a big b level team in lebanon you know what happens when you do that though is what you don't save as much money that's exactly right. <laughs> was this, that is part there was of it. this vague fantasy that we'd be able to like sort no, of no, no. backfill. Now, talent kind of finds its own level around the world. Yes, it does. 
That is exactly right. And then when you factor in, and then we were like, you know what? We can't just leave these people isolated. They need to come in for the remote trips. Yep. So now we're flying a large Lebanon team in. <laughs> Which is quite costly, but it's whatever. Costly. It's they great to have them They all come over in so the same often. flight. Yeah. They bring great snacks. They really, well, They've, we could spend time talking about the Lebanese food, but we're not going to do that. So the, a team starts to form. We're three, four people at first. And they said something really interesting to us, which is we want to be part of you. We don't want you to just throw stuff across the ocean because you needed a thing that needed to get done that isn't interesting. We want to join you. And to hear that from the other side was really, really interesting. Right, because on our side, you've got people going, I'm concerned about maintaining quality. Yep. We don't know who these, you know, what the engineering culture is like over there. And will it, will it be able to maintain the standard that we've set? Because that is what makes us want to work here. That's right. And that's, that's real. And then on the Lebanese side, you have them going, don't just give us spec docs. Don't just yes. tell us what to do. We're good engineers and we're going to add a lot of value here, you know, and we, we want this to work. Yes. So, yes. And luckily we were kind of out of it enough to really hear that. Yeah. Like we weren't, we weren't trying to force this thing along. It took months. No, it took months. And um, frankly, we were still doing our thing. But then like somebody from Lebanon would come in to work on a project with us. They'd fly in and they were good members of the team. They were. And so everybody just sort of was like, oh, I guess that's how this is going to go. Yeah. The time difference still sucks though. That is the time. I mean, we can't, we can't address everything. You can't fix physics. No, you can't. So, okay. So here's what's tricky about this whole thing. We ended up not being, having a real outsourcing team. Right. We thought we, we thought that might happen. This is almost like the lesson I continue to learn in this company, which is when I thought, when I started managing and when I started sort of being a leader here, which happened by merit of me saying with you, I'm the co-founder. I had this fantasy that leadership was saying, please, could you do this for me? I'd greatly appreciate it. And the person on the other side of the table would go, give me 10 work days and I'll come back with a finished product and I'll present it to you. And I would go, that sounds excellent. Thank you. And it absolutely has nothing to do with that. It's a often a slightly surly person who has a few too many things going on, who looks at you and goes, why do you want to do it? Yeah. And you learn to actually accept and appreciate that that's a good thing. Yeah. So, in starting this, we had the same damn fantasy. It's like, hey, we're going to create a system that we can plug in in order to do good engineering work. Right. And maybe where we're probably doing pretty well by now is we got a very clear signal back, both from our own people and the people in Beirut, saying, actually, no, that won't work just like you. it doesn't work anywhere. You need to have us be part of your culture. We need to connect. And then we'll do work at the quality that you expect. And we would we want that for ourselves. Yeah. And you should want it from us. Now, what That's you right. don't get is some like easy above board point at a spreadsheet saving. Not really. Not really. Not really. But what you do get is increased capacity to do quality work, which is actually where our growth comes as a company. Yeah. I mean, so that, and I'm happy about that. Like I... I Look, let's let's actually lay something out about how we run this company. I mean, see, that sounds like an ad, but it actually has been hard to learn. Yeah, because we didn't come at this saying, hey, I'm about to get 16% uh, profit margin increase mm-hmm. based on this strategy. There was none of that. There was no spreadsheet. Well, we're willing to lose money on projects. Sometimes we do. And 
our thing has always just sort of been like, here's what you're going to get. Yeah, totally. That's kind of how we've run the place. Here's what you're going to get. I, I'm going to say something weird right now. Mm. It's pretty Lebanese. Yeah, I believe that. It, it's certainly weird. not Irish. Certainly not Irish. That's, I'm Irish. Uh, it, uh, it's not driven by spreadsheets. It's really no. not. We look to them to understand what's going on after the fact and I've maybe seen, project I've out. Seen you use a spreadsheet. It's, it's a bad scene. It's not, don't run it's this like, company on my spreadsheet. It's like watching a dog use a spreadsheet. It's like <laughs> 40 million, 4 million, $4. I can't tell. Wait, how many? Where's the decimal? It's sad. Rich is very smart, but he can't use a spreadsheet. <laughs> it's just all the boxes are so close to each other. You literally, and sometimes you'll get up like two inches from the screen. It's hard to watch. <laughs> We're just not driven by those sorts of metrics. Um, I, you know what we're driven by? We're about to go. We're actually not driven by metrics. We're driven by doing great work, finding new opportunities, doing great work again. Listen, right after this, you and I are about to go in a meeting. It's the, the um, product management meeting. And people show us the work that's going on in the company. And it's really cool. It's kind of the best meeting because you get to see the real stuff. And yep. I can tell whether we're doing having a good month or we need to... We need to Go in a slightly different direction. Correct. From looking at that work. Yeah. And that's what we're focused on. Yeah. So when you fold something new into that, what are you going to do? Reboot the whole thing and now live on spreadsheets? It doesn't work. No. You know, we are a particular type of shop and we needed to f- plug in new talent that understood that and got it and, and wanted to be a part of it and see, see that we're, we're a craft and culture driven place rather than a revenue. And not to say, look, we our goal is to make money. Um, it just doesn't, everything doesn't follow from that. I think that's the key difference because then it would be purely about, I get to save 20%. Well, it's not to say you actually, you get a, if you're managing by the book, I was thinking about this because it, it's sort of one of the things I've learned from you. Opportunity comes from an element of chaos and an element of complexity that no one has under control. You're out there and somebody comes in and they're like, I don't know how to solve this. And that's opportunity. If you sit there and you say, here are the five kind of projects that we do well, and we should go out and get five more of these, then your margins and your, your opportunity for success are going to be totally limited. So one of, one of the things we're doing here is we're saying, there's probably opportunity in Beirut. Not many people say that. <laughs> right. And so now, um, now we got a team. There's an office. There's yes. a sign that says Postlight in Beirut. It's cool. I mean, I'm, it, it's we're proud of it. It's right on the ocean. It's right in the ocean. You go swimming. By the way, footnote plug: uh, if you have the chance and you're willing to do it, uh, it's a f- wild place. Beirut is yeah, one of the most forward-looking and historic places. It's just madness. You will see some interesting. There's a design and art scene. There's amazing food. It's, it's, uh, it's just a wild place. And if you can go sneak away for 10 days, go do it. And you're willing to go do it, go do it. And if you need professional engineering services while you're while there. You're there just stop by Post Light Lebanon. Uh, by the way, if you are in Lebanon and are listening to this and are interested in uh, being a part of really amazing engineering uh, work and a really great shop, because you're listening to this podcast, which you've drawn that conclusion as a result, hit us up at hello at postlight.com. 
Hey, uh, let's not, since this whole thing is about how great we are, we should probably yeah, let's keep this short. Let's break for an ad about how great we are. Yes. Uh, we build platforms. We build um, big, scalable, transactional platforms that power the web. And then we build products on top of them that and run on mobile and, and, yeah. and run in the web browser. Yeah. And uh, we love it. And we're strategic. We yeah. Come in. And if you just want to talk and you haven't really thought it through, we're glad to sit down with you, you know, and, and talk we, about the digital path forward. What we really are is practitioners deep down. I mean, you and I both sneak off and read about new technologies and like manuals and like learning about what's happening yeah. in, in design and product management. And I had a dream about the Commodore 64, but that's another podcast. Well, that's real, right? Like that's It really is and, real. And I feel that that is what, um, if there's anything that I'm going to make sure we hold on to as this company grows, it's that we're just going to build stuff. Yep. There's not a lot of, um, if you need strategy, we do product strategy. We think it through with you, but it's with an eye to making a thing. You don't That's ever right. get a 400 page PowerPoint out of Postlight. No. We're going to tell you, we're going to give you, a, we'll give you a 10 page PowerPoint and then we're going to say, let's go, let's go, let's yep. build it. And in fact, half the time we're doing the PowerPoint, really, I'm watching out the window. I'm watching somebody build an API, which we weren't contracted to build. Absolutely. We were built, we were asked to define it. And the thing is, is we're just like, it's just easier at a certain point to just get started. Yep. So we're sending them the documents and we're also writing the code yeah. because we know the relationship's going to keep going. And so like, that's just, we built, that's all. That's all you need to know. Hello, Great design too. Let's not sell them. Sure. Well, that's part of building. It is part of building. You know, right. it's our designers are practitioners as well. They're okay. focused on making the thing. Right. Let's talk more about us, Paul. Right, let's let's talk about us, but with a little Lebanese angle. Flair. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something very sincerely. So um, you and I are close. We're friends. And I've gotten to know your whole family. Yes. And it is... It's a family. It's got all the complications and all the all the things that go into a family. It is not uh, there. There are days where you know you're all kind of like, "What?" It's just pure love. There's a lot of love. I have been in the car with your brother. Where he, he'll call. He'll call four family members in a 15 minute period. Of course. I think you pretty much all talk to each other every single day. Hey, Gus, how's your stomach? Yeah, <laughs> You'll exactly. make that phone call. You come over. I come over in the summer and no one's speaking English. <laughs> Paul's just sitting I there. I just sit in the corner and it's, you know, there's always, it's a good grill. You got a night, you got to get that meat from Fleischer's. I'm not going to complain. No, it's good meat. It's good. It's a great barbecue. I and take credit for it. Meanwhile, it's just the meat. It's just very, it's people with nice polo shirts just speaking French. Yes. And... Just living life. And so like... Because it's all going to fall apart. Being uh, connected to this community has been really, really something. And so I think there was a part when you were like, hey, maybe we go to Beirut to build the company where I went, yeah, I get that. I totally get that. It is an entrepreneurial culture. It's it's like, Ambitious. Yeah. Is it's another like word. emotionally Italian and, and financially Israeli. That is the strongest way to describe us. It really is. It really is. I mean, let's face it, man. Yeah. That I mean, that covers it. That really, truly covers it. It is a very like evocative yeah. big culture. It's a yeah. lot of drama. Yeah. A lot of like love. And then then it comes time to do a deal. Oh, good luck, man. <laughs> if you're on the right side of the deal, yeah. the handshake is a bond of blood yeah. that will never that will last 2,000 oh, no. years. We'll help, actually. Once we're on the other side and you fall into trouble, 
We'll take care of you. You know what I noticed is like when you and I started working together, it was very clear to me that the key indicator for you was I trusted you. When you saw that I trusted you, you're like, I'm going to take care of this person and we're going to have a very good business relationship. <laughs> right. If I had been at all distrustful, I, oh, think, no. I think I would own 3% of posts. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, like, it's all about relationships for the Lebanese. Yeah, and then, but when we, when we entered, entered into this like relationship and mutual trust, it's been pretty much equal all the way. Yep. And complimentary in a nice way. And I I think so for me, watching us build this team, that's what that's been about. I'm like, well, there's a really good chance here that the good cultural things that have helped us grow are going to happen in Beirut too. Yeah. And that's cool. I really like, and so far that's been the case. One one more nice thing about Postlight in light of all this. Mm -hmm. This is, and reflected on the place, this is a place where there isn't really a lot of power that's used power dynamics. It's just not that type of place. I mean, I think you and I actually get told no and, and given strong feedback. <laughs> I've been walked out of rooms. Yeah. And I, I am, we I, I really, it. we encourage it. And frankly, at this point, this thing runs on its own. Like awesome. we sort of, we, we, we set it up, but the, the collective psychology and personality of the place works that way. Which and when is you're go, building which is complicated great. stuff, like respect is earned. Right. We, it's the only people who thrive here are smart and, and pretty much motivated correct right? and just like and nobody wants to crush anyone else. no i mean it's, it's like just you, not tolerated it, it's, actually it's they'll just leave they'll just leave so they need autonomy and they need creativity and they need to be able to look their boss in the eye and say i don't agree with you that's right yeah so anyway hello at postlight.com if you need anything and uh yeah we're two we're two offices now that's right Congratulations, Paul. That's right. Postlight 101 Fifth Ave. And then I asked you for the address of the Lebanese office and you went, eh, it's complicated. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have another podcast episode. It is right on the Mediterranean. I know. Though. That's, That's literally cool. like, you're, those were, you're like, it's near ABC Mall on, yeah. the, on the Mediterranean. That's right. So um, somewhere, wow. somewhere in Lebanon, we have an office. I've seen pictures. Yeah, it's beautiful. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.